Hey everyone, welcome back to my Placadian universe. I want to talk a little bit about something that makes people very uncomfortable, um, but uh, white privilege. Let's talk about it. So I was uh, <laughs> talking um, with my one of my friends just about, you know, life and as a black woman we you know share our stories of you know managing white space you know I talk about working in a predominantly white space um and what that means uh so it's really funny so I I have the great privilege of you know um doing some anti-racism work in my at my job and um you know, I showed this great um, TED talk about um, uh, the name uh, escapes me right now, but um, she was just talking about basically what Beyonce taught her about um, racism. And um, if you Google what Beyonce taught me about racism, you'll find the TED talk. And uh, I showed it and we had like, I was facilitating a conversation about it. And, you know, I always start with being like, oh, this is a safe space. And, you know, you know, et cetera, we're, you know, listening and unlearning and learning ideas and, you know, all those great facilitation introductions. And so um, one of my coworkers and friends, you know, um, they were uh, they talk about destiny's child you know of course and then beyonce and then someone was like oh like they didn't know what destiny's child was and my friend was like how do you not know what, <laughs> what destiny's child is and it was just sort of funny because like she was getting so hot about that issue not about like the you know racism discussion we were talking about it was just like uh she was like full-on attacking this person for not knowing <laughs> Destiny's child was and I was like remember it's a safe space anyways it just it it really made me laugh but um so <laughs> I just wanted to share but um I think what I continually come away from these conversations is the white privilege you know I manage racism in my daily life it's just how it goes um, as a black woman in Canada uh, why I am doing this podcast is because I needed to vocalize that and just get that out there um, that it is very real and alive here in Canada I experience it all the time as a black woman um, and what I come away from these discussions um, from white people is that it just never occurred to them. <laughs> it's just never occurred to them. And the thing is, you know, I you're like, what? Like, ma'am, you're 60. <laughs> How did racism, you know, there are some important things happening in your lifetime that you think would have come up in your years. But um it, and it's genuine. And that's the thing, like, safe space, safe space. It's genuine that, you know, they, some people are embarrassed, and, you know, um, that they haven't really thought that much about it. And, you know, the past few months, and they're actually grateful for the opportunity to 
think about the lives of, you know, people that they think are, you know, consider their friends and they say, you know, I never really thought about how this would impact them or, you know, what their experience has been like working side by side with me or the things that I've said and done. And the other thing is that they're terrified. I think some people that do want to have these conversations with their friends, they're um, hindered by being petrified of saying the wrong thing. And those are sort of the two really big takeaways that um, I I find when I, I have these conversations. And I find that so fascinating because as a black woman, I didn't have the privilege of not worrying about race for my entire life. You know, only, you know, having it come up now with um, the movement that's, I guess, you know, civil rights and the Black Lives Matters movement isn't as young as people think. People think that it, you know, started just this past summer um, with the murder of George Floyd, but it's, um, it's really not. It's, you know, so much, uh, goes so much further back than that. But I think what happened, I guess, with there was a unique set of experiences that was happening in the world right now. Everyone was um, paused because of the pandemic. I don't know what happened, but I think it uh, it really crossed a line into just your average everyday white person started paying more attention to um, these issues. And so for a lot of people, this is the first time that they've really given any sort of thought to uh, what it means being white in the world and um, coming face to face with the privileges of what that means. And it's, uh, it's very uh, interesting uh, to watch and also an education for me in the sense that um, I'm learning more about what it means to be white that some people like when I said, you know, ma'am, you're 60, that someone is like, you know, older getting to retirement and they are, you know, honestly just telling me that they never thought that, especially here in Canada, that people would experience this kind of uh, discrimination and hatred and for them it was very um, powerful the, it was a very powerful um, thing to you know check their their privilege and uh, it, it's encouraging to me to see that somebody could uh, it's never too late to learn new things about yourself and about the world and uh, I am um, I really, yeah, I really enjoy that. So I found that really interesting and enlightening um, for me because I think when I typically think of white privilege and, you know, most people do, or at least I did, uh, when I think of white privilege, I always thought of people, you know, there's the side of it where 
white people know that the world was built for them and to their advantage at the disadvantage of people that are, um, you know, not white. Um, and they wield that power, but there's the other side of it, sort of this, uh, passive white privilege where, um, you know, they're obviously benefiting from white privilege, but they're not even, um, they have the, the privilege of not even thinking about race. They exist in a bubble of this world where, you know, they take it for granted. And I thought, um, that that was very, um, informative for me and it helps shape my, um, knowledge of what it means to be white and so that um just because it <laughs> just that that's not a privilege that I have as a black woman and so I thought that was just very interesting um I was thinking of um what it means to be black in Canada, as I always do, um, whenever I, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say exist, but I was thinking about when, um, you know, I sit down and think about planning these discussions for, um, the, the podcast. And I thought of a story of, um, growing up as I did in a predominantly white neighborhood, um, just about wanting to go to, um, an Our Lady Peace concert and, um, <laughs> this was, you know, back in the day and I... I really my my parents were concerned <laughs> about me going to the concert because they didn't know how many black people were going to be there and you know i remember being so upset that this was something that was potentially you know off limits to me because I was a fan. I was a fan of the band. I wanted to go and, um, it really, it was something that my peers didn't have to worry about. They didn't have to think about that. You know, it was just a matter of getting money from your parents, you know, to go, um, to the concert, but, the, you know, getting permission. But I remember just not wanting to even explain to my friends why my parents were questioning um, that I should go. And, you know, these were my good friends, and but they were white. 
And I sort of was shielding them, sort of keeping them in that bubble of their white privilege to think that, um, that there was an extra consideration for me to go to the concert um, than them. And um, I think about if I should have said something to them, if I should have explained it to them and you know now obviously I would have without hesitation uh, <laughs> told them my concerns and my parents' concerns you know that of course then became mine um, but I didn't and I just think that am I doing them a disservice as I hear stories about this where people are saying you know I've had friends for all these many years and it's just never come up. And I feel like, it, it, am I contributing to not um, helping them along in their education of being anti-racist? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those uh, thoughts that I had. And so... I, as I mentioned, I have since grown um, a lot as a person, as a black woman, you know, obviously I was much younger then. Um, so I, I don't have, I guess I don't judge myself for doing that, but I, I do think it was an a missed opportunity uh, for me to enlighten my friends that I think would have been very receptive and kind and um, to my reality. Um, so I think I'd, I was telling this uh, story I think I've told before, with just one of my friends, you know, saying that he in his very white high school where there was two black kids, uh, exchange students, that, um, you know, they were the most popular kid in school. <laughs> they were the most popular kids in school. And I was like, oh, that makes me very uncomfortable because I can't, I, I was one of like four black kids in my grade. And I just know that it sucked on occasion to not, you know, um, to sort of have a spotlight shine on, shone on you um, for being black um, and not in a negative way, you know, nobody was ever like, you know, mean that way, but it's just sometimes you just don't want to be a representation of your race all the time. And, um, you know, I could just imagine, and you know, and I very honestly told him that those kids had exhausting uh, had an exhausting high school experience just putting up with um, with all the questions and you know I I feel <laughs> I'm, you can't see this I'm sort of pinching my hands together till they're touching I feel a teeny bit guilty for blowing up his world of you know how he remembered those things but uh, he took it to heart which is good but I was just like you made those you made those poor black children <laughs> uncomfortable but um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm here to help people uh, learn about, about white privilege. So um, yeah, I, I just, I, 
wanted to to share that with everybody just the thought of the uh for people of color listening to this not imagine navigating your life and not thinking about race at all it's just seems like some sort of magical fairyland <laughs> so um you know i just wanted to make people aware that's the other side of white privilege you know people that are aware and wield it um in unkind ways and then people that genuinely think um you know that with their heads in the clouds and thinking that uh they don't really give it much thought as long as they're kind to everybody and you know um what we're asking uh is to be an ally and to think about it more to think about how you benefit it from it and you know thinking of all the big and little ways that you can dismantle um that system of white privilege so yeah so if you haven't thought about it a lot and you're white and you're listening to this think about it think about the policies in your work um the groceries that you buy the people that you vote for um your schools and just you know the little ways in which you know the the way you live your life is built for people that look like you and then imagine what it's like um for someone who doesn't look like you and you know what their existence is like and i think that'll that'll start you on your journey so um thank you so much for listening uh please be sure to uh, like comment and subscribe to my blackadian podcast and always uh, love getting feedback from everyone and i will talk to you next time